Grandma's Radio Show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and pound. Rear naked jokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com, as well as Last Word on Sports. Dot com. Check out the show on both those sites. I am your host, as always, Jeremy Brand, and I have another amazing episode for you this week. I have two fantastic guests. Joining me first is Marion Renault. She is a UFC fighter. She'll take on Holly Holm, and she's come into all of her contests as an underdog. That doesn't matter to her, though. She's been finishing the best of the best that she's been put in front of. And she looks to continue to do this at UFC Fight Night 71 on July 15th in San Diego, taking on Holly Holm. My other guest, rounding out the show, none other than Lorenz Larkin. This guy takes on Santiago Ponzinibbio at the Tough Brazil 4 finale. But go figure, Tough Brazil 4 finale does not go down in Brazil it's going down in Florida, and this makes Lorenz Larkin a happy man. So we will discuss that later on in the show. But first off, I want to thank my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com. If you need a championship belt, as always, as I say, check out ProAmBelts.com. Also, check out Onit.com for all your supplements and uh, everything health-related needs. They've got kettlebells, they've got zombie kettlebells, um, Alpha Brain, which I popped a few of before recording this episode. And if you want 10% off your entire supplement purchase, check out the coupon code MMASUCKA at the end of your purchase. That is onit.com. Enter in the promo code MMASUCKA. News this week we found out that Gilbert Melendez would step in for none other than Bobby Green. This guy, Bobby Green, pulled out earlier in the week. Gilbert Melendez steps in to take on Ally Quinta. You know, Gilbert Melendez just fought this past weekend. Um, split decision loss against Eddie Alvarez, one that he uh, thought that he won. So he's getting right back in there against Ally Quinta at UFC Fight Night 71. The same fight card that my guest Marion Renault is on. So this past weekend, we already talked about UFC 188. We had a special podcast on Sunday featuring Aaron Bronstetter from TSN. He spoke about all things UFC 188. But once again, I want to congratulate Fabricio Verdum. And the reason I'm bringing that up is according to Front Row Brian over on Twitter, Andre Arlovsky has gotten the call from the UFC and he will be the next title challenger for Fabricio Verdum's title. Um, nothing has been set in stone. The UFC officials have not announced anything. I'm just letting you know what has been said. And this is what Front Row Brian is saying. This is not the first time he's announced news prior to the UFC officials announcing it. So take it for what it is. Believe him. Don't believe him. 
So be it. That is the news. It is fight week. This week we have UFC Fight Night 69. Joanna Young Jacek versus Jessica Penne, my guest from uh, this past Sunday's episode. It's a great fight card. It's live from Berlin, Germany. It's got a four-fight main card. The entire card airs live on UFC Fight Pass. The main event, as I said, is for the women's strawweight title. The co-main event is a featherweight matchup between Dennis Seaver and Tatsuya Kawajiri, which is a fantastic matchup that is being overlooked a little bit. But uh, check it out. Saturday, UFC Fight Pass, UFC Fight Night 69. And on Friday night... We are in for a treat with Bellator 138. The main event is a spectacle of all occasions. Kimbo Slice takes on Ken Shamrock. Um, This one's been in the making for quite some time, and we finally get to see it on Friday night live on Spike TV. Also on this card, Patricio Pitbull takes on Daniel Veichel, or Veichel, Bobby Lashley was supposed to take on James Thompson. I had Bobby Lashley on a couple weeks back, but he is now set to take on Dan Charles. Daniel Strauss takes on Henry Corrales. And Michael Chandler steps inside against Derek Campos. It is a stacked fight card from top to bottom, and it it airs live on Spike TV. So without further ado, I'd like to get right into my first guest, she is Marion Renault. You will listen to her and I right after this. My name is Chris Topblack, and if you love all things UFC, then tune into Ultimate Fighting Weekly every Sunday on MMASucka.com. I discuss the latest fights, breaking news, upcoming events, and even answer your questions. Join me this and every Sunday on MMASucka.com. My next guest is 2 0. In the UFC women's bantamweight division, she is a fighter with a ton of heart and a challenge on her hands in her next outing. She'll take on Holly Holm at UFC Fight Night 71 in San Diego. Please welcome the bruiser herself, Marion Renault to Sucker Radio. Marion, thanks a lot for stopping by. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, rewind us for a second here. Take us back. Talk about getting into the sport of mixed martial arts and what it was that brought you into punching other women in the face. <laughs> well, first, I'm a, I'm a fighter at heart. My mom will even tell you I, I began my fighting career when I was in kindergarten. My first fight was this guy, Marky. He took my apple, and I punched him in the stomach. So my mom will tell you I've always been a fighter. But what got me into the professional fighting is um, when I saw Gina Carano fight um, on TV once, I was like, oh, my God, she's amazing. She's awesome. She's gorgeous. You know, I, I never thought I would ever see a female fighting because um, I hadn't seen it before. And then I found out that she got paid for it. And I was like, wow, I need to make money. I, I need to save up money for my son's college career. So I started looking around the area for training camps. Um, I went through a couple of them before I found my place at Elite. Um, and I just started training to fight and save money for college. That's actually what it ended up. I ended up doing for the longest time um, until I slowly but surely got into um, the more bigger promotions, which is UFC, and here I am. So you saw Gina Carano that sort of fixated you on things. Um, You started your professional career in 2010. 
Um, mm-hmm. how, how far after getting involved in training did you step into the, in, inside the cage or the ring for the very first time? Uh, nine months after training, I stepped into the ring. Wow, it, what was that? In, what was that initial feeling like? Yeah, but I had been trained diligently with with you know one of my friends who used to be a professional boxer, and she started training me out of her garage, and and oh, we wow. were trained every single day, and she was she was very adamant about certain things. Um, so I trained with her for a long time. I picked up really well, and and I trained you know groundwork to just do with um, Tom Knox, and and so they felt like. Hey, are you ready to fight? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. So they threw me in. And it went well. <laughs> <laughs> it did. My first fight went well, yes. So all I have to say about this year is wholly active. I mean, you've already fought twice in 2015. This will be your fir- third fight in basically the first half of the calendar year. Obviously, as you said, you enjoy fighting. You're a fighter at heart. But how fun is it to always have to be in fight camp? Because that's sort of what it seems like. I mean, it mustn't be much downtime. Well, I'm always training anyways. Even if I'm not in fight camp, I'm still pretty much doing almost the same things that I'm doing now, you know, minus a couple of harder, strenuous days uh, strenuous days that I have. But for the most part, I'm still always in the gym training. You know, there's really no downtime for me, maybe a week and a half or a week after my fight, but that's it. Um, and I'm back into it. Um, I, I compete in jiu-jitsu tournaments still, and so if I'm not competing in a uh, uh, MMA match, I'm training for a jiu-jitsu match. Um, so I try to stay fresh. I try to stay on top of things. In your last outing, you stepped into enemy territory and definitely stole the show. What was it like during fight week? I don't mean the week itself as in, mm-hmm. in, in fighting-wise, but I mean mentally, yeah. mentally speaking, being in Brazil fighting a Brazilian? Uh, well, for the most part, the Brazilians were they're fairly welcoming towards me. But I just remember, you know, we were in the same hotel, and every once in a while we'd run into each other. And I just felt like, and maybe it was just me, that people were looking at me like, oh, poor girl, you're fighting this time, You know, I just felt like I was getting the pity face, like, that's her, you know? And I'm like, what's the matter with me? You know, I just was walking around oblivious and trying to take in everything and not, not really paying attention, but feeling that vibe. Um, so it, it was kind of, you know, funny. I was like, oh, man, I am going to, I'm going to beat her. I just remember telling myself, I'm going to make them regret looking at me this way. Is that why you were giggling while I asked you that question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, you earned $50,000 performance of the night bonus in that fight. What did you end up doing with the, with the extra income? It's still in the bank. I haven't done anything with it at all. Um, I, I, I'm not a big spender. I have everything that I need. Um, I don't go out buy things that I don't need. Um the only thing I'm really saving for, I put some away for my son, but the only thing I'm saving for now is an RV. You know, after it's all said and done, I want, I've always wanted an RV to travel. I've, I want to travel the United States, especially since I'm a teacher and I'm off during the summer. So yeah. I, want, I want a sightsee. So I'm just saving up my money. I haven't done anything with it at all. Speaking of that, being a teacher, being off during the summer, I work for the school board as well in my day job. I work with special needs kids. But yourself, being a teacher, you're fighting in July. Does that mean you're going to take some time off following this? I mean, your your day job is all but done. What's going to happen after July 15th? 
after July 15th, uh, I'm probably going to take a couple weeks off uh, just to travel a little bit with my son. I told him that I would take him somewhere. Um, I haven't told him where yet, but I'm going to plan a trip for him. Um, so that way, you know, he things we never, ever got to do before. Like usually vacation was, you know, staying at home playing in somebody's pool or, you know, staying at home doing small projects just because we couldn't afford to do anything. So I really want to go all out for him. I haven't decided yet what I want to do. I'm still talking to a travel agent, um, but I do want to do something special for him. For sure. Now, in this next fight, you'll be taking on undefeated Holly Holm. She holds a 75% KOTKO rate. Have you kept up with her uh, past fights, and what are your thoughts on her as an overall fighter? Basically, I, I just watched her last fight with Raquel um, Pennington because I happened to be at that UFC event. Um, and I just remember watching her, and to me, she's just a, she is another female. She's going to be tough. I don't put that past her. But she's another female in the cage that I have to beat. That's it. I don't think too highly of her, and I don't think that I'm below that I'm above her. So it's just it's something that I go into thinking this is this is my job, this is my task at hand. It might be a difficult one or a challenge, but I'm 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 a gamer. I'm willing to face that. Is that the way you come into all your fights? Because looking at these the odds of your past fights. I looked at that before this interview and, and I sort of recalled you've come into the fights as a serious underdog in every one of your fights. Likely this one will be the same. Do you think that being the underdog is, is easier for you? There's not as much pressure on your shoulders coming in there as the person who's not actually expected to win? It doesn't. Well, probably, you know, for most of my fights, I have been the underdog and a couple of the ones that I wasn't the underdog for, I still feel a lot of pressure. Um, so either way, um, I, I would prefer to be the underdog. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. It just drives me that much more, honestly. You'll fight in your home um, state of California for this one. Your last fight was in Brazil. You did fight your first four fights in front of the Cali fans. Um, how much easier is it to fight close to home? I wouldn't say it's easier. No? <laughs> I think it's a little bit, you know, and it's too because they're right there. But the thing is, I, their energy, I feel their positive energy, and that's what gets me going. And so, you know, even if they are in the crowd, I don't get overwhelmed. I don't allow myself to overthink them. I'm not going in there fighting for them. I'm fighting for myself. There's nothing that they can do. There's nothing my coaches can do for me at that point when they close the cage. So I'm not worried about them. I'm thinking about myself and why I am doing this, and I need to protect myself. And if I don't, she's going to romp all over me, and that's not going to happen. So I try not to focus too much on the people in the crowd or it being my hometown or even in the hostile environment. I just go in there thinking there's another girl across from me, and as soon as the, the ref says, let's go get it on, everything else goes out the door. It's just her and I. That's a great way of looking at it. I guess the after party is all that much better, though. Absolutely. <laughs> I think after every fight, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that's over with. <laughs> because, you know, the training, um, the long hours, um, the dieting, just the mental preparation going into this fight and then to finally have it done, um, you're just like, I'm so happy it's over. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I noticed I noticed that especially in your your UFC debut, you were extremely emotional in your post fight speech. Explain to our listeners what it means to you to be in the UFC. It's kind of hard to explain, especially when you you see something and you know it's attainable, but then yet you have people saying, no, no, we're going to hold you back because we're not sure your age. You're kind of up there in age, and you're like, no, just, just let me, give me a shot, you know? Um, so when I did finally get the call and I did finally fight for them, you know, it was it was serious. I mean, it still is serious to me, um, and, and I couldn't explain my emotions. I was just so overcome with joy that they gave me a shot that I was able to produce the way that they wanted me to or the way that I knew I could. Um, so it's very overwhelming. And, and I still, you know, can't believe it or I get touched, little, a little touchy-feely sometimes just because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I remember there was a time when I was starving just to feed my son. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I didn't know how I was going to get to school because I couldn't afford gas. There was just so many things that go through my mind like I am so blessed right now no kidding that that's extremely amazing to hear um I I wanted to touch on that myself but I didn't know how to come into it and I'm glad you did you said you're getting up there in age I didn't want it to be sort of a focal point but being that you are 37 years old how much longer do you see yourself active in this sport I, I can't put a, a number on it I honestly it's just whenever my body feels like okay you've had enough then I've had enough and I'll know when to, to pull back and be like hey you know what it is my time um I accomplished all the goals that I set out in this career to do I've actually exceeded those goals um so I'll know when it's time I'm not going to put a number on it I'm not going to give somebody a number it's just you know when I feel the time is right the time is right since you've exceeded those goals I'm sure you've set new ones for yourself though um is is UFC goal gold that new goal um my new goal is to make my way up the rankings and to fight for a title shot absolutely I I've got to always set new goals I'm a goal-oriented person, and so that was um, one of the things that I, I, I went into the UFC with. I was like, okay, so I'm here. What do I want from it? And, you know, looking ahead, long-term and short-term, I had to, to reiterate and remake my new goals. All right, moving away from uh, inside the octagon and into the classroom, what, being a teacher, what do your students think of you uh, being that UFC fighter? And what about your fellow staff members? <sighs> I can't tell you how supportive the community of Farmersville has been for me um, from the very jump in 2010 all the way to current. Um, my administrators are gong-ho. In fact, they'll probably be there in San Diego. Um, my students and their parents, they just love it. All the, most, most of the parents want, you know, their students in my class because I'm, I'm a rather tough teacher. I'm strict, but I'm tough, um, and they like that. Um, and they're excited for me. My students, they, it's kind of surreal for them too. You know, I, I get back from Brazil and I have a few of them like, oh my God, my teacher was on TV. <laughs> Crazy. You know, they're just, yeah. it's surreal to them. You know, I, I think I would be in the same spot like, oh my God, my, my teacher fights. That's scary. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So it's not really like the movie Here Comes the Boom. 
No, but I love that movie, and I so want to walk out to that song. <laughs> Maybe one day they'll let me. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Now, finally, yeah. I know you're a single mother. This Sunday is Father's Day. Does your boy treat you as if it's it, you're his father as well for Sunday? What do you have planned for uh, Father's slash Mother's Day? We will probably end up going over to my parents' house, and we we do a little barbecue. Of course, I'll be not included in that barbecue, <laughs> but um, we we get together, and um, you know, growing up, he knows his dad, and so you know he'll make contact with his dad, and and we'll see if he'll go down there and visit him or not. I mean, he does have a good dad, but he just doesn't get to see him as much as as I know he would like to, um, but. Yeah, growing up, I have been the mother and the father, you know, mainly raising my son. Um, and he sees that, and I don't expect anything from him. Um, I don't expect a recognition. Just just him knowing that I love him is enough for me, you know. And I always ask him, you know I love you, right? And he'll look at me like, no, you do. <laughs> and I just look at him like, really, child? I was like, don't make me choke you. <laughs> so. He knows I love him, Does, <laughs> and that's all that matters to me, you know, and that I'm proud of him, that he knows how proud I am of him. Does he like the sport of mixed martial arts? Yep, he sure does. In fact, he practices jiu-jitsu every once in a while. Right now, he's in swim season, so he's kind of backed away from jiu-jitsu altogether. Um, as far as him ever becoming a fighter, he's already told me, no, Mom, that's your thing. I'm going to be an Olympic swimmer. So Wow, that's okay great. That. I'm okay with him making those goals for himself. I'm going to push him to his limit. I love it. She is Marion Renault. She'll take on Holly Holm at UFC Fight Night 71 on July 15th. Marion, it's been a pleasure. I've wanted to have you on the show, I think, since uh, after that UFC debut and finally got you on here. So I'm glad that that happened. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. Any sponsor shout outs? The floor is yours right now. Well, if you want to hit me up on Twitter or even on Instagram and Facebook, all you have to do is look me up under my name, Marion Renault. And um, I should pop up, and I try to respond to pretty much all my fans if they make contact. I know after a fight, I get a plethora of people hitting me up, but typically I try to respond to everyone. So if you really want to talk to me, you want to get an autographed um, photo, you just let me know, hit me up, send me your address, and I'll make sure it happens. Awesome. All the best on the 15th. Can't wait to see you get back in there. All right, thank you so much. It was nice talking to you, Jeremy. This man is set to take on Santiago Ponzinibbio at the Tough Brazil 4 finale on June 27. Please welcome the man with the best hair in MMA, Mr. Lorenz Larkin. Lorenz, thanks for joining me today, man. Ah, man, anytime. Now, you made your welterweight debut in your last outing, and damn, I have to say that was impressive. A first-round TKO against a very dangerous John Howard. What the heck took you so long to get down to 170 pounds? Ah, uh, stubbornness. <laughs> uh, that's, I wish I had something better, but yeah, it's me being stubborn. Did you feel that much different in that outing? I mean, you didn't really have an opportunity to showcase your strength because it was finished in the first round, but did you feel much different at 170 pounds? 170 pounds? Oh yeah, yeah. The the main thing that 
you know, that I can remember was uh, just getting pressed against the cage for, for a second, you know, and, and most of the time when I fought at 85 or even 205, when I got pressed against the cage, I, I kind of just had to just wait there and wait for the guy to make a mistake and then, you know, get out. But, um, you know, at 70, I just, you know, I just turned them and, and kind of chucked them off. So, yeah, that was like the defining moment. I was like, oh, man, you know, I feel real good at this weight. And John isn't a small 170 by any means. I mean, you're going to fight guys that are quite a bit smaller than he is. Mm-hmm. So that fight happened in January. This fight isn't until the end of June. Did you want to take that much of a layoff between fights? No, I, I really don't like layoffs, but, I mean, you got to take what you get. So. <laughs> For sure. And is is this the guy that you that you thought you'd be getting, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio? I mean, is, is it a name that you know of? No, the only reason I know of him because, um, you know, he, he fought my teammate. So that's how I heard of him. Heard about him. So, you know. Are you a guy that watches tape? Do you know much about him? I used to watch a lot of tape, but now, you know, I just, like, I might watch, like, the recent, the most recent fight. And other than that, I really try not to get into it. I, I let my coaches watch it, you know, but I try not to, like, overload my head with things, like watching, watching a bunch of their tape. For sure. Now, this fight... I mean, you made your your 170-pound debut. Prior to that, you were on a three-fight losing skid. Were you surprised that you got the call to fight again under the UFC banner? Um, You know, I I, I felt like, you know, that that my last fight was kind of like the determining factor to see, you know, where I was going to go, you know. And, um, yeah, I felt like I kind of held on to my spot. So, you know, I think that's what it pretty much boiled down to did you speak with the ufc following that uh third loss did you you spoke to them and told them that that was it you're gonna make the move down to 170 yeah you know well i i didn't you know my manager did and you know right after the brunson fight you know i kind of just told my coach and told my manager i was just like you know i'm gonna give it a shot and, and see how it goes so you know he contacted with the UFC and told them that, you know, I wanted to make the move down to 170. Pretty much, you know, if they're planning to keep me or if they're not, I'm, I'm making the move down the one to Walter Weight. You know, so I, I felt like, you know, they're, they're pretty excited to see how it was going to turn out too. So, you know, it all kind of worked out. For sure. Now, the welterweight division is so stacked right now, it could easily be a revolving door at the top of the division. Do you think with a win here... That puts you in a spot to get a ranked opponent in your next bout. Not necessarily top 10, of course, but maybe someone in the 10 to 15 range. I'm not sure, man. You know, um, I don't know. I, I try not to even, like, think about it too much. I just try to, you know, want to just fight, you know, fight, 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 and see where it goes. For sure, but you would like to be more active following this fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Interestingly enough, the tough Brazil 4 finale will be held in Florida. Um, were you pleased when you found out that you would be fighting in the United States and not in Brazil for this card? That was the best 
news I've I've got I the whole camp wasn't going too great because uh I, I have a big phobia of planes and I hate flying. So like anytime I can fly close, you know, I pick, you know, <laughs> to fly close. You know. <laughs> so uh you know, it was it was a big thing when my manager called me and told me that I was going to be fighting in Brazil because we were trying to get the fight in San Diego. Yeah. So, you know, pretty much I went back and forth with my manager, you know, all day, how I'm not going to fight in Brazil. <laughs> oh, so, boy. <laughs> yeah, so. So mentally, yeah, was, yeah, mentally speaking, you must be on top of the world right now. On the other side of things, this will be Ponzinibbio's first fight in the United States. So, do you think you will have the mental advantage here? Oh, even if he does feel great, you know, I still got the mental. <laughs> I went from a twelve-hour flight to like a four-hour to four and a half-hour flight, so I'm on cloud nine right now. Let's move away from the fight itself. Uh, you are a UFC fighter, but you did start off your career and have a great run in Strike Force, beginning with their Challenger series. Do you wish for the young guys coming up in the UFC that they had something like this? And I don't mean the Ultimate Fighter by any means. I mean a Challenger style show. Yeah, you know, I I've said it before, man. That like that is that was like one of the best ways to kind of groom groom a groom a fighter, you know. And um, and I think that was like the perfect, perfect, perfect uh, platform to do it. You know, it was it was just a great way of, you know, having great fights. You know, but with guys that are still, you know, still in their own type of league. You know what I mean? And not getting bounced all the way up to the top ranks. You know, and then you know getting demolished up there. For sure. Have you kept in touch with uh, Scott Coker since being signed by the UFC? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I see him. You know, when I go to the Strike Force events and things like that, you know, he's great, man. I, I've I've always had a, a, a cool relationship with uh, Scott, you know, and and he's he's just a big time, respectable guy, man. I had nothing bad to say about that guy. Yeah, it seems like everyone that's working with Bellator right now, fighters, managers, everyone, they're. They're extremely excited to have Scott Coker at the helm. Yeah, he's he's really cool. All right, finally, let's just ask you your prediction. I know you're not necessarily a guy who likes to do this, but how do you see the fight playing out with Santiago Ponzinibbio on June 27th? Um, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, I'm I'm more than ready in this camp, so, you know, I just feel like, he he likes a slug. I'm not really much of a slugger, you know, but I'm more of a counter puncher. But you know, I just feel like, you know, if he comes at me how he usually comes at at fighters, you know, I feel like I'm gonna catch him with something. You know, I don't know what, you know, but I just feel like, you know, I, I will end up catching him, you know, uh, at one point in in the fight, you know, and then at the end of the fight, you know, my hand will be raised. That was Lorenz Larkin. You can check him out on Twitter at duh underscore monsoon that's at d-a underscore m-o-n-s-o-o-n he's got the goods over there he will take on santiago ponzinibbio as i said 
at the Tough Brazil 4 finale at the end of the month. I'd like to thank him for joining me on the show. I'd like to thank Marianne Renault, who, as I said, I've wanted to have her on the show for quite some time, and it has finally come to fruition, so I'm extremely happy with that. I will definitely be chatting with her again because she was a very fun guest to have on. Um, I wish her all the best in her fight against Holly Holm. It's definitely a step up in competition. It's going to be a tough fight, but I wish her all the best in July. Thank you to you guys for listening. Make sure you check out MMA Sucka on Facebook, facebook.com slash MMA Sucka on Twitter at MMA Sucka, myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Um, I'd like to thank my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com. Check them out. Check out Onnit.com and use the promo code MMA Sucka. Uh, thank you to lis- for listening to us on MMASucka.com as well as LastWordOnSports.com. These guys are nice enough to play the show over on their site. They've got some great shows over there, including the Parting Shot podcast with my good buddies James Lynch and Carlin Bardsley. These guys have had some fantastic shows over the past couple weeks. And you can also check out Hammer MMA Radio over there as well at LastWordOnSports.com. That's it for this week's show. Make sure you... Check out all the goods at MMASucker.com. We'll have our predictions piece. I have a piece coming out with Bobby Lashley. Mike Fagan always has the goods over there as well. And Trevor Duick is back with his weekly column each and every week. So check that out. And with that... I am out. MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness. That's when we collaborate. Mikey Ruckus, Jeremy Brandis, we reactivate. Grant creates a show for the fans in this magnanimous. Jerry's out decision and the yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio. It's the, it's the radio. Sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio. It's the, it's the radio. Sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.